Well, today marks 35 years of bringing messages at this time of year. And the beauty and joy of it, I know there are some who keep a file of their sermons and they just kind of every five years recycle them. I always thought that was rather a shame for the Lord doth give fresh insights. It's not the ultimate recycling. And I was caught up in the idea of, of light. In First John, or John chapter 1, I'll start reading at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not the light, but sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. The world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Lord God, this is thy word. We pray then that thou would honor thy word today to grant us an understanding, to bring us deeply into thy truth, that we would know that in this day thy spirit has worked and brought honor and glory to thy name. We ask it in Christ's name. It is interesting when we read the Gospels, and we see different starting points. Matthew and Luke begin with the birth of Christ. John goes back to before time. And Mark starts with the adult Jesus beginning his earthly ministry. And as we look at John's gospel, we find first, John makes it clear in the first two verses that there was never a time that Jesus did not exist. There was never a time where there wasn't Father and Son. The eternal Son is also there with the eternal Father. And certainly the Holy Spirit. We are then shown that Jesus, the Word was the one who created all things. Without him, nothing was made that was made. That's an amazing statement to try to comprehend. Think about it. But every single thing that, was made, that is made was made by him. He is the only non-created. Everything else is created. 
He is the creator, therefore everything else is his creation or creature. The word created all things. And John says it both in a positive way and a negative way. He created all things, and without him, nothing was made that was made. Therefore, only the Godhead is uncreated. Everything else is created. How is this possible? Well, in verse 4 we read, In him, in Christ, was life. You see, you have to have life in you to be able to give life. And him was life, and the life was the light of, of men. In him was life. And there was light, both in creative and recreative form. Then he who created the world came into the world. In verse 10, he was in the world. The world was made by him. And the world knew him not. The creator of the world was in the world. And the world didn't know it. It's amazing. How many who were supposed to be so advanced, so part of these great civilizations, the Greek civilization that brought us so many good things that we still participate in today, yet they didn't recognize their creator. Instead, they made up a series of gods. A series of gods who in many ways were despicable. They were supposed to be the creators. They were also corrupted as corrupted as the minds that invented them. They competed with each other. They tried to outwit each other and were outwitted sometimes by even other human beings. Yet they were worshipped. Now we can understand lower forms of creation not recognizing their creator. We wouldn't think that a frog would jump for joy at the name of Jesus. But note verse 11. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Now some, when they read this, it's been formulated this way for, by many for quite some time. They say, well, you see, this is speaking of the Jews. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. He came to the Jews, so the Jews rejected him. And yes, but we have to re remember that just before that statement, back in verse 10, was the reiteration of the idea and truth that Jesus was the creator. And you can't take away verse 11 from verse 10. And so you, you're continuing in a context, in a line of thought, of reasoning, being led by the Spirit of God as John is writing these things. He is the creator, and as a creator, all things are his. And interestingly, 
in our English translation, we have, he came to his own, but own in the Greek is in plural. So you could say he came to his own things, his own creation. And that's the key to what we're looking at today. You see, there can be layers of truth in a verse. And therefore, we, we also see that we are going above just one group of people. And that's the key to understanding it. He came to his own. What form was he when he came? He was in human form. So, obviously, it's saying humanity. And when we look at verses 12 to 13... It seems to bear out the fact that he came to his own, which means he came to all humanity, not just one group, not just one ethnic group, not just the Jews, but he came to all humanity because all humanity is his, for he is the creator of all humanity. So when we look at verses 12 and 13, we see that this bears out, but as many as received him, to them, the ones who received him, not listing any particular group, but now we have this group of those who received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, now again, we continue in this idea, which were born not of blood. So we, we move the ethnicity out to the side. You, you can't be a believer just because your last name ends in Stein or something similar like that. Nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now this is true for every single human being that has come to faith in Jesus Christ. Born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. So when we say that, see that he came to his own, yes, the Jews rejected him, that's in there, but the greater picture is when he came to his own, he came to his own humanity. Humanity in, in all. And... It's a simple, and yet at the same time, a profound thought. That he did not come to any other form of creation, but only as man. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He dwelt among us for us and with us. This is the Emmanuel moment. And we should pause and think about that. That he came as the creator of all things. He came as human for humans. I think it's important for us to understand because we live in a world that more and more has the idea that we're just animals. And we're not the best animals. And some even write books and send movies about how great the world will be when there's no more humans. Of course, it's a little crazy because if you're writing a book about how you 
think the world would be great if there's no more humans. Who's going to buy your book? <laughs> and of course, you've got to be a little deranged just to want to buy a book like that. Emmanuel, God with us, for us. So John is telling us how he came at the same time and he tells us who he came for. So he tells us who it is that came and then he tells us who he came for. Only a man can be brought to see that he is in darkness. In verses 4 through 9, we have that word light. The word light is mentioned seven times in those verses. Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, who I like to call the prenatal prophet, for when his mother came into the presence of Mary, the child leaped within his, her womb, already ready to point to Christ. Father of John the Baptist, in his song of praise, says, Christ has come to do what? To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Isn't it interesting? That the first time we ever hear God speak, we go back to Genesis 1. The first time he speaks, it's over an earth that was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And here comes the first words recorded for us of God where he says, let there be light. The first words we hear from God, let there be light. The first sound of his voice is also his first audible command. Let there be light. And he creates by the word of God who was with God. But his command at the same time gives order and form to what appears at first to be chaos. And there's a great connection here. And Paul makes that connection. And often we, we miss those great connections from the Old Testament to the New but in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6, Paul writes, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Where did the light come from? It wasn't there when God spoke, before God spoke it. It wasn't like there were some group of atoms all scattered throughout there and God just said it and they all came together. There was nothing, nothing, nothing at all, nothing that resembled light. It was all darkness until he spoke. Light, both physical and spiritual, comes from God. So before there is light, there is natural darkness in the mind of man. And as the light 
was that which was the first thing to strike the earth, so light is the first thing to strike in the soul of man in conversion. The heart is in darkness, deep, unbreakable darkness until the light of truth from God shines upon that heart. And as the light came by the word of almighty power, so also the spiritual illumination comes just the same way. Just as there was darkness in the earth, the light that came was the work of God. And the light that comes to us is the work of God in the soul. So what is the result? To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is getting across in that verse. Now, John tells us that Jesus, uh, that Jesus was the light. He, he was a witness to the light. And, and then John, the gospel writer, then speaks of Jesus as the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Or that was the true light which coming into the world gives light to every man. What does this mean? It means that everyone who gets light gets it from one source. Not everyone's going to be illuminated. We know that. But everyone who will be illumined can only get that light from one source. You realize then what's being said is all other voices increase darkness. You have this time of year where people say, well, we got to also honor other religions. No. No. I mean, I'm not going to go protest in front of their, their places that they meet. But at the same time, I'm not going to receive what they have to say because it'll just bring me into darkness. There's only one True light. That's what he says here. The true light is Christ. That was the true life which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So what does it say about those who are not speaking what Jesus speaks? There can't be a false truth. There's only one source. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said in John chapter 9 and verse 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And God delights to shine truth into the darkness of ignorance. Now, while there's such a thing as Christian philosophy, we also make the distinction that Christianity is not a philosophy or a system of acts and deeds and observances that you try to do to get in the attention of God and, and into his favor. That's not what it is. It's not merely a code of morality. It is truth. It is the truth about God, who he is, what he has done, what he will do. It is the truth of who we are and where we are headed. 
as one person put it, the luminous truth of the Bible delivers us from ignorance, superstition, wishful thinking, and lies. The luminous truth of the Bible delivers us from ignorance, superstition, wishful thinking, and lies. There are times when we're having our evening meetings that I will be back here in my study and I'll come through here and I'll go to the other building where we're meeting. And this after daylight saving time, darkness comes and so it's light when I go through here, it's dark when I come back. You don't know the absence of light until you come in here with no lights on. <laughs> and I may have this light on over here, but I'm going that way, and there's no light for it over there. So I have to turn this light off, which increases the darkness because my eyes have become accustomed to the light. Now you look here, and this space here it looks pretty big, but you turn the light out and your sense of orientation changes. And I'll admit that I have caught the corner with my foot more than once, but the thing is that I'm not... I'm, <laughs> Darkness is ignorance. There's this space here, but you can't see it until the light shines. And then the truth is revealed about the space that exists. Someone once said, is, you know, there cannot be absolute truth. And I scratch my head over a statement like that because how can it be truth if it isn't absolute? I mean, okay, if you're in, you're in a hearing before the Senate or Congress or something like that, and you tell various shades of the truth, if you will. You do as Emily Dickinson said, you tell the truth but tell it slant. But isn't it interesting when you're, when you, when you're uh, brought in as a witness to sit on the, be on a witness stand, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? Well, it seems like you, you got it keyed on the first, do you swear to tell the truth? You see, Jesus is absolute truth. It is man that comes up with this various kind of thing. Well, it's a partial truth. It's a half truth. What's a half truth except a half lie? And so therefore, we look, in a time like this, we need truth. And the source of that truth is in Christ. We need Christ more than any time ever that I can think of because the darkness keeps trying to penetrate. But as 
John says, the light shineth in the darkness. The darkness can't comprehend it. It can't understand it, and it can't overtake it. The luminous truth of the Bible delivers us from ignorance. Jesus gave us the proofs of who he was to John the Baptist. He tell, told them, go tell John the blind receive their sight. That is, they receive the light. And if we look at John chapter 8 and verse 12, John chapter 8 and verse 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am, those two words are very important together, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And then in chapter 9 and verse 5, As long as I am in the world... Here's I am, again, Old Testament connection there. I am the light of the world. And then in chapter 12 and verse 46. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth in me shall not abide in darkness. That constant refrain, if you believe in me, the light is in you and you will not be in darkness. Now, Jesus is that only source of light. Would you notice as, you go, as we go through the, the, uh, the Gospels and into the rest of the New Testament, that Jesus has disciples. That is, those who were learning the truth from him. He's never given as having assistance. It wasn't Jesus and his 12 assistants. It was his disciples. Why? Because they didn't have the light in them. They had to receive the light from Christ to be able to bring it out to others. So what about you this morning? Has that light come in? Have you known that you are in darkness and have been delivered from that darkness? There's no greater gift than to be taken out of darkness and into the light. There's no hymn that I wanted to somewhat close with. goes this way. It was written by Horatius Bonar. Light of the world, forever, ever shining. There is no change in thee. True light of life, all joy and health enshrining. Thou canst not fade nor flee. Thou hast arisen, but thou declinest never. Today shines as the past. All thou hast been, thou art, and shall ever be. Brightness from first to last. 
Night visits not the sky, nor storm, nor sadness. Day fills up all its blue. Unfailing beauty and unfaltering gladness. And love forever new. Light of the world, undimming and unsetting. Oh, shine each mist away. Banish the fear, the falsehood, and the fretting. Be our unchanging day. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And God saw that the light was good. Let's stand together for prayer.